I'm just so thrilled to be here. I was here about five or six years ago, and I've just seen how the church has grown, the ministry has grown, and uh, it's just honored to be back. We had a great women's conference yesterday, and, and I just told Pastor Sean and Amy that as I was sitting there in this, the service this morning, the Lord just came, just spoke to me and said, I've chosen them for such a time as this. And God has raised up your pastor to, to be a mighty influence in this, not only in Rochester and Minnesota, but I think far beyond that. And so you're going to see God do have, you know, just do great things, and you're going to see unprecedented favor. That's what I believe you're going to see, unprecedented in favor on you and your ministry and on that church because what's on the head flows down to the body amen and you know I didn't plan on doing this but you know Pastor Sean that was so good about the offering and at Lakewood I've just been declaring over the people that 2018 is going to be the best financial year you've ever had and I just want to amen I want to say that to you too because that is for the body of Christ and God wants to do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think. And, and don't limit God by what you make or what you see because God is well able to take the 90% that you have left over and just make it go a lot farther than you could ever let it go, uh, make it go. And so I just want to encourage you to get that, stir that up in your spirit and start having faith for financial blessings. I remember one time I was, uh, we moved into a new home and I didn't have dining room furniture. And when you came in the house, it was completely empty and it looked bad and my mother and two or three people came in the house and said your your house looks so empty Lisa you got to fill it up with furniture and but we didn't have money in our budget at that time we had just bought a new home and and so anyway it just sort of stirred me up and sort of aggravated me enough to get the word of God and I said God you said that you fill your you fill our homes with rare and beautiful treasures and I said we can't afford furniture right now but you can you can do it for us and I'm just asking you to move on our behalf would you believe that in two or three weeks somebody brought us over in a truck a beautiful Chippendale table and eight chairs for our dining room and then somebody else gave us a sideboard it was totally supernatural and I'm just telling you that to let you know and remind you that God can move supernaturally in your finances amen and so expect big things and ask for big things and this is the other thing that's on my heart if you own your own business I wish you would stand up because I believe that God wants to bless your business I believe he wants to give you unprecedented favor and I've just been praying over businesses you know if any business prospers it should be the Christians amen because God's hand is upon you just put your hands up father in the name of Jesus I thank you for these businessmen and women father I pray that you would bless them that you would prosper them I pray that they would be like a magnet and you would draw customers and clients to them father I thank you that they'll have so much business that they'll know it's you father and I just thank you I declare over them and their business that whatever they put their hand to will prosper and that 2018 will be the best financial year for their business and personally that they have ever had in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Do you believe that? Amen. You know, I just have, I have to obey the whole, are you a first time visitor right here with your sunglasses on, on the, you, are you a first time visitor? You're here. I'm telling you, it's like God just zeroed in on you. And it's like God is just saying that he loves you so much and that he's got good things for your life and just expect blessings in your life and that your, your, your future is going to be much better than your past. And he's just saying, I just feel like he's just saying, I love him so much. I have great things for him. So you be encouraged today, okay? <laughs> Give the Lord a hand clap for that. That's just a 
That's just a word, a word of wisdom from God, the word of knowledge from God. Well, uh, if you want to turn in your Bibles to Proverbs 2, verses 7 and 8, you can. And I am going to talk to you about don't give up, your answer is on the way. Don't give up, your answer is on the way. And I want to ask you this question. How many of you have dreams in your heart that haven't come to pass just yet? Amen. How many of you have desires or maybe you're standing on the word of God, you're praying for something and you just haven't seen it come to pass yet? Raise your hand. Okay, I'm talking to you because God is just wanting to zero in on you and say, don't give up just because it doesn't look good. Just because it doesn't feel good doesn't mean I'm not working in your life. And so God is saying, don't give up because your answer is on the way. So I want to read, I want to quote this scripture first in Habakkuk 2, 2 through 3. And it says this, that your dream has an appointed time. Though it linger, wait for it. I'm going to say that again. Though it linger, wait for it because it will certainly come and it will not delay. You know, we're, our timing is not always the same as God's timing. But he is saying to you, it, there's an appointed time. And if you will wait for it, it will certainly not come. Because how many of you know that when things get dark, when we're going through the trials of life, when, when we have challenges and adversity, that the pressure comes to us to want to give up and to want to question and want to wonder why. And, and, and if we're not careful, that discouragement will come so strong and we're gonna, we want to give up and give up our hope. But God wired you for victory. And that's what I want you to see in this scripture, Proverbs 2, 7, and 8, that uh, it says this, God holds victory in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless, for he guards the course of the just, and he protects the way of his faithful ones. You see, God is watching over you. He is directing your steps. He is guarding your way. But also, God has victory in store for you. I like to picture Jesus like this when I read that scripture. He's holding his hands out and he's saying, don't give up. I have victory in store for you. Victory belongs to you. So today I want to encourage you to always expect victory in your life, no matter what you're going through, because listen to this, it is your spiritual God-given DNA. God made us as more than conquerors. Amen. He made us to overcome. God always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. So you have to set your faith for victory and always plan on winning the battle you're in. Amen. Plan on God's faithfulness because he is a faithful God. Your answer is on the way. You know, I've learned in my life, there's many times I've been, I've wanted to give up. And, uh, but I've learned this, giving up is so overrated. It doesn't get you anywhere. It doesn't help you. So the, the best option is to stick with Jesus, to trust God because he's a faithful God. You know, I don't know if you all know this story, but I was born with a crippling disease. And the doctors told my parents that I would never walk or talk, that I'd be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. And my parents didn't know much about Jesus as a healing Jesus. But they got into the word of God and they saw in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John that Jesus is a healing God and that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so they, they took the word of God and they prayed over me and they said, God, we believe that you can heal our daughter if you healed people in the Bible and in Bible times. And do you know, it didn't happen overnight, but God touched my body by the time I was one year old and I was completely healed. And of course, you see what the enemy planned was to keep me from doing what I'm doing today, but God healed me. And I'm so glad that my parents didn't give up on me. 
I'm so glad that they persevered during the hard time when it looked like that I would never walk or talk. When it looked like things weren't changing, they didn't give up on me. You know, when I was in my early 20s, I went through a very unwanted divorce. And I was married to a pastor, just living the dream. And then all of a sudden, things fell apart. And I was so hurt, and I was so devastated. And, and I went back home just in defeat, humiliated because of what I'd gone through, thinking my life was over, thinking I would never be in the ministry because of that. But how many of you know God doesn't think like that? We just think that like that. The, the enemy just heaps condemnation on top of us. But I'm telling you, I had to press through that discouragement. I had to press through that depression. And God brought me out. I knew that I was made for more than living in defeat. I knew that God had his hand upon me. I knew that he had some great things in my life. And he has great things for your life too. And that's why it's so important. The enemy wants you to give up. But God holds victory in store for you. Amen. And I'm so glad because God brought me out of that. He healed my broken heart. He, as uh, Pastor Sean said, I have a wonderful husband. We're going on 28 years of marriage this year. Amen. After that many years, you deserve a hand clap, don't you? <laughs> when the doctors told us that we could never have children, Kevin and I planned on having children anyway. See, I'm just talking about planning on victory. You see, I, I believe that Psalm 113.9 was true. It says, God makes the barren woman to, to keep house and to be a happy mother of children. And so all the time, even when I heard the doctor say, you'll never have children, you'll never have children, and the enemy say that, I just walked around the house saying, God, you make me a, you make me a happy mother of children. I thank you, Father. I plan on having children. Kevin and I, when we bought our, our house, our first house, we, de we decided that we were going to make sure we had two extra rooms for the children that we were going to the children that we were going to have because we were planning on victory. I remember uh, one time we had this opportunity to buy a baby grand piano. And Kevin said, he said, let's buy that piano now because I believe one of our children will play that. You see, we just planned on victory. And so uh, one time in about 1993, we had been believing God for kids three years. And, and one time this package came in the mail and it was just a sample of, you know, how businesses send packages and samples in the mail. And it was two diapers. And Kevin had gotten the mail before I did. And he said, look, Lisa, and he'd written on it, we're going to have twins. And he said, I believe this is a prophetic sign. We're going to have twins. And he wrote the date 1993. Well, five years later and eight years of standing on the word of God, God blessed us with twin girls and a son. It's such a blessing. We adopted them for Mercy Ministries of America, and we didn't even have to apply for adoption. I wish I had the time to tell the story, but God just dropped them in our laps. He supernaturally moved in our behalf. And so we could see that after looking back on those eight years, God was working. He had a plan, and he was working on our behalf. We just couldn't see it. And I'm so glad that we didn't give up. And you know what? I'm so glad that I didn't have to go through nine months of pregnancy and labor and delivery. I got to skip all that and I got to keep my shape on top of all that <laughs> that's the plus of that Kevin and I still have that package of diapers because it's a memorial stone it's a reminder of the faithfulness of God you know our daughter Catherine she plays that piano and she leads worship isn't that awesome when you plan for victory you get it whatever you plan for you get whatever you believe you become Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. I want to remind you about a man in the, in the Bible named Daniel. 
He has a book written after him. He wrote this book, and the Bible says in Daniel 10 that Daniel was a man with an excellent spirit. And one time he was praying, and he prayed about a certain thing. And the Bible says that when he prayed, God heard him. And at that moment, he dispatched the answer with an angel named Michael. But David, I mean, Daniel didn't receive the answer right away. In fact, three weeks later, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a vision. And in this vision, he said this. I'm going to read it. He said, oh, Daniel, you are greatly beloved. Do not be afraid. Listen, God is saying that to all his people. You are greatly beloved. Don't be afraid today. And he said, since the first day you set your mind to humble yourself and seek me, your words were heard. And I have come in response to your prayers. But for 21 days, I have had opposition. Say opposition. I have had opposition in the spirit realm. So much so that I had to get help from the angel Michael. And we fought off the enemies of darkness. And the Bible says that Daniel was trembling uh, because of the vision. And, And the angel spoke to him and said, peace, be strong now, be strong. And I, as I think about that, I think about sometimes we're sitting at home and we're thinking, God, why aren't you working on my behalf? Have you gone on vacation? What, what's going on? Have you forgotten about me? When in fact, we have no idea what is happening in the spirit world. And in this chapter, God just sort of pulls back the curtain and the veil between the, the spiritual world and our world. And he shows us there's a lot more going on than we realize. We have an enemy and he comes to steal, kill and destroy. But we have power over that enemy. Amen. And, and God is fighting for us. God is fighting for you. And in the spirit realm, angels are fighting for you. And we may not always know what's going on behind the scenes, but we do know this from this scripture, that the day you pray, God dispatches the answer. Now, that's just powerful. Can I have an amen on that? The day you pray, God dispatches the answer. We know that God is watching over his word to perform it. Amen. We do know that there are a host of angels warring on your behalf. Think about that. You see, God is working on your behalf. They are ministering spirits, and the Bible says that they are sent out to serve you. I think about how Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he was so down, and he was so overwhelmed with, with uh, I, I guess, just with hopelessness or, or with sorrow is the word I'm looking for. He was overwhelmed with sorrow because of his, uh, his uh, going to the cross. And, and the Bible says that in the midst of all that, Angels came and ministered to him. You see, at your lowest point when you think you're all alone, God is with you. And he is fighting for you. And not only that, angels are ministering to you. Angels are real people. They are real and they are working on our behalf. And I I love the description that the Bible gives of this angel. It says that his body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed flashed like lightning. His eyes flamed like torches, and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. You see, that's the kind of supernatural power that you have on your behalf. Amen. They that be for you are more than they that be against you. And so things are happening behind the scenes, and God is fighting for you. And not only that, I love this scripture in Psalm 124 that says, The Lord is watching over your life, and he never slumbers or sleeps. So even while you're sleeping, God is working the night shift. God is working on your behalf. And sometimes, you know, we do get so overwhelmed with this sorrow and this 
pressure to give up. Have you ever felt that pressure? A pressure, just quit. Just give up. This is not worth it. But I I want you to know that God is a faithful God. And sometimes when we get to those places, this is just me personally. I like to just say it. God, I feel like giving up, but I'm not going to do it. Sometimes that's just a release. Say, God, I feel like giving up, but I'm not going to do it. God, instead, I'm going to trust you. I expect you to be faithful to me. And then something else I do that helps me a whole lot is I eat some chocolate because it makes me feel so much better. How about you? Just a good old brownie. I love to make homemade brownies. Chocolate just helps you. And then you know what else I do? Go to bed because sometimes we just need to go to bed and get some rest. Because when we're fatigued and exhausted, we don't make good decisions. When we're fatigued and exhausted, it's like the devil has a playground in our mind. And it's better just to go to bed because, and knowing that God will sustain you. He said, cast your burden upon me because I will sustain you. And you know, God is speaking to you saying, peace, be strong. I tell you what, God is stilling the storm in your life. He is saying, peace, be strong. And when you get up, God's mercies are new every morning. His grace is fresh every morning. His grace, the Bible says, is sufficient for you. What does that mean? That you have the grace and the strength and the power of God to make it through what you're going through. You know, sometimes we think, I can't take it. I can't make it another day. But you can because you have to get the emphasis off of you and put the emphasis on God. Amen. Here's here's your trouble. Here's God way up here. Amen. You remember that old, what was that, that Tom Cruise movie? He says, you, you're here? Are you here? Are you with me here? Are you with me here? Well, God is in. Are you with me up here? Because I'm over all of these things. Amen. So you have to stick with God. Set your faith for victory. Set your faith for victory. You have to decide that giving up is not one of your options. You know, many years ago, uh, we were talking about my dad, and he, he loved to house missionaries and minister to them. And we would have missionaries, missionary conferences. And so we would bring in hundreds of missionaries that worked so hard out in the field, and, and even native missionaries. And we would house them. We would feed them three meals a day. And then we would minister to them and encourage them and send them back, you know, prayed over and encouraged into their, into their place of ministry. And so... Uh, it was a lot of money to do that. And so this one time, my dad, he, God put it in his heart to believe God that someone would give us two cows that we could butcher and use as the food for the missionaries. And so he got up in church and he said, I'm believing for two cows. Do you believe with me? And we all prayed, you know, you know, we're Texans. We have cows. We have lots of cows. And so anyway, we prayed. But you know what? There was only pro- one problem. God's timing is not our timing. And so nobody was giving us two cows, you know. We were all saying, where's the beef here? And so, (laughs) you're old enough to know that, aren't you? Okay. (laughs) Sometimes I say that and people just like, what? (laughs) They're too young. So my dad got nervous. And he said, okay, just forget the cows. We're going to buy all the food. And, And we did. And we had a wonderful conference. So good. Well, after the conference, God gave my dad a dream. God speaks to us in dreams sometimes. And in this dream, my dad was in this big field, and he saw two snakes, and they were large snakes. And there was an outline of something in each snake. And as he got closer, he saw the outline of a cow in each snake. And he woke up like that. And when God, when he woke up, God spoke to him and said, Son, I just want you to know that you let Satan steal your two cows. 
And when he heard that, he determined in his heart, God, I know I let it go. I let my faith go. I, I gave up on that, but I will never do it again. My dad told that story over and over to remind us to never give up. And I'm so glad that he, he determined that because not long ab- after that, my mother got sick, very sick. She was always healthy all her life. She got very sick and ended up 21 days in the hospital. She lost down to 89 pounds, and she looked like death. She was very jaundiced and yellow, and, and we didn't know what was wrong with her. And the doctor came in, and he told us all. He said, your mother is very sick. She has cancer of the liver. There's nothing we can do, and she only has a few weeks to live. Well, that was such bad news. But you know what? Thank God that my parents, they didn't plan on giving up. They didn't plan on her dying. They planned on her living. And so we checked out of the hospital, and I drove my parents home. And it was a sad time, but when my parents got home, they got on the floor before God, and they said, God, we're standing on your word. We believe that you're a healing God. And you know, my mother, she felt like staying in bed all the time. But she decided, if I'm healed, I'm going to do what I always did. And she got up, and she fixed breakfast and lunch and she did everything else she'd always done she even in her weakness would go to the church and pray for the sick the sick praying for the sick she would go to hospitals and pray for the sick because you know what she believed that God is a healing God and she was not going to give up on God's word one time she got so discouraged that she put the Bible on the floor and she stood on it and she said God the only thing standing between me and death is your word and I want you to know I believe your word and I tell you what she She fought the good fight of faith. God completely healed her of cancer. And would you believe she is 84 years old today? And she's still strong. She outruns us all. And she tries to boss us around still. And she's amazing. She and my dad founded the church. She was 26 years old when they founded the church. Such an amazing woman of God and prays for the sick all the time. I'm so glad that they didn't give up. I'm so glad my mom didn't give up. I would have lost my mom at the age of 48. Don't give up because your answer's on the way. Amen. Galatians 6, 9. It says this. Don't get discouraged and give up because you will reap a harvest of blessing at the appropriate time. Can you say that with me? At the appropriate time. Remember Habakkuk said that your dream has an appointed time. Timing is very important to God. I'll never forget, and you may have heard my brother Joel tell this story, but one time we went on a vacation together, and we were in the Colorado mountains, and my brother Joel decided to go walk the mountains. It was a two, uh, two-hour hike up the mountain. It's hard. I, I cannot do it. And, uh, but he and my husband would do it often. And So this one time, he got up, and, and he was winded because of the altitude. He's in real good shape, but he just sat down on a rock and thought, I don't know if I can make this. You know, he wanted to do it. Well, when he was sitting there thinking about whether he was going to go continue on or go back, this man just came walking down from the mountain. He looked at my brother Joel, and he just said this, you're closer than you think. Well, when he said that, Joel just got a new wind and a new courage, and he said, I'm going to make it. I'm closer than I think. And he walked up there, and he wasn't even far from the top of the mountain. Well, when he tells that story, I just think about how sometimes we want to sit down in defeat, and we want to say, I don't think I can make it anymore. I, do, I think it's too hard. But God is saying to you, you're closer than you think. Amen. Don't give up because you're closer than you think. And you know what else? I think you have to realize that you have more in you than you think. 
You see, you have supernatural help. Let me read a scripture to you. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says this. God is faithful and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able to bear, but he will, with the temptation, make a way out. You say, there is no way out. Well, God will make one. That verse in another translation says he will make a way of escape. You see, many times we don't see how we could get out of this addiction or how we could get out of this situation or how we could get out of this financial bind. But God can make a way where there is no way. And he will do it when you trust him. Amen. If you'll just stick with Jesus, he'll bring you out of anything you go through. I can tell you that I've been through a lot of things in my life. And every time God has brought me out. And he's brought me out better. He's brought me out stronger. And man, I've learned to pray in those pits. You learn to pray and you learn to have faith. And God brings you out stronger. You know why? So you can turn around and help other people do it. He pulls you out of the pit so you can turn around and help other people out of the pit. He's got a a purpose for you. I'm going to close with this story. Uh, Many years ago, my husband Kevin and I went on a missions trip with my dad and Joel and Victoria. And uh, we were way in the remote parts. We, We flew into a big city, then flew to another city, and then we drove three hours into the remote villages. And, of course, going overseas like that sometimes is always a cultural shock, especially in places like that. But I loved it, and we were having these ministers' meetings. We, we were preaching out in a tent to hundreds of ministers and just washing their feet and, and serving them. And so we loved that. But there was just one problem. We stayed in this place called a government hotel. I thought that sounded so official and so nice. But when we got there, it was so sad. (laughs) And it was just concrete walls and just old, dirty carpet. And it had two twin beds that were separated. And and it had little bitty mattresses like that. And they were cut open and they were dirty. And then we looked around and there were like roaches and lizards crawling around in our room. It was all these creepy crawlies. And And the bathroom was just so dirty, so much so that I did not take a shower for five days that we were there. And I felt cleaner than the bathroom. And that's, that's just the way I told Kevin, give me a washcloth. That's all I need. I didn't want to go in there. So, you know, needless to say, I'm a city girl. I like just a nice hotel. And so I was not a happy camper. I loved preaching, but I was complaining. I kept saying to Kevin, I don't think I can make this. I don't think I can stay here. This is just gross. I I couldn't sleep at night because I was thinking about things crawling on me. And so it was just bad. And after two two nights of not sleeping good, Kevin just said, Lisa, you're never going to make it talking like that. He said, you have got to change what you're saying. Well, it made me mad, but I knew he was telling me the truth. And I thought, he's right. And so I, I, I started to change what I was saying. And I started to begin to say, I can do this. I can do this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Father, I thank you that you can help me sleep in this place. I'm on a mission from God. And God, you, when you send me someplace, you equip me to do it. And so I changed, totally changed what I was saying and what I was thinking. You know, the Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And you can actually set the atmosphere of your own life and your own home by the words of your mouth. And we have to, we have to think about what we're thinking about, don't we? And you can so easily sabotage yourself. And that's what I was doing. I was sabotaging myself. And so I began to listen to what I was saying. And we need to listen to what we're saying. And, and I want to ask you, are you saying, I can't do this? I can't make it. I can't see how we're going to come out. 
I'm so worried. If that's what you're saying, it just invites hopelessness. It invites defeat and discouragement. But if you will change uh, your words, you will begin to charge the very atmosphere of your life. And you can begin to say, I am going to make it. God, I'm not going to question you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God, you plan victory for me, and I'm going to get that victory in the name of Jesus. You see, you change your very atmosphere. And, and not only that, it charges you up. You see, when you speak negative words, it brings you down. But when you speak the word of God, it charges you up. It gives you faith. It fuels your faith. And you can make it. And so that's exactly what I did for, for the next 24 and 48 hours. I just continually said those things. And, and so uh, it was so interesting because the first night I began to do that, I slept a lot better. The, the next night, I just slept like a baby. It was amazing the change and the supernatural peace that came on me for that situation. The third night, I woke up in the middle of the night. I was sleeping good, and I felt our twin bed shaking like this. And uh, I kid you not, I just went right back to sleep. Didn't even think anything about it. Next thing I know, Kevin woke up and he was all concerned. And he said, Lisa, Lisa, wake up. And I said, what is it? He said, there's an earthquake, I think. And I promise you, I said, I, I think you're right. I turned around and went right back to sleep. <laughs> I, I shocked myself. But there was this supernatural peace. And see, I had tapped into it by quoting the word of God. And the next day, I told him, you shouldn't complain so much. Trust God. <laughs> Do you know it was? It was an earthquake, and we were feeling the tremors of it. And many people had died, had lost their life, to, to, I think it was uh, 200 miles away or something like that. And so God spared us. But I tell you that story to tell you what I learned from it. I learned that I had to change the way I was thinking and talking. That I cannot def, uh, talk defeat and expect to get victory. So important to know that. My negative words were draining the life out of me. They were draining my faith out of me. I also learned that I had more in me than I realized. See, I didn't think I could make it. But see, my focus was on me and not God. Sometimes we measure our strength against what we're facing. And that's the opposite. We've got to get our focus off of us, our focus off of our circumstances, and focus on our almighty God. Look into the mountains. Where does my help come from? From the Lord, the maker of heavens and earth. Get your emphasis on God. And so I learned that I had more in me than I, I realized. And what was that I had in me that you have in you too? It was the power of the Holy Spirit. It was the grace of God to help me get through. It was the supernatural peace of God that you can have in the midst of the worst trial of your life. God can give you such supernatural peace. It is hard to understand it. God is such a good God. Amen. Hebrews 10, 35. I'm going to close with this scripture. It says, don't cast away your confidence in God. It will be richly rewarded. See, if you don't give up, you're going to be richly rewarded. You need to persevere. So that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. You see, the Bible says that we are to imitate those who through faith, faith and patience receive the promises of God. Sometimes we forget the patience part, don't we? Patience is so important. That is the time where you don't let the pressure get to you. Instead, you cast your burdens on the Lord and you trust God to bring you through. But this scripture says three things that are so important. I, I call them the three R's. 
If you don't give up, number one, you will reap. Your prayers will be answered. Your dream will come to, to pass. Number two, if you don't give up, you will receive. And number three, if you don't give up, you will be richly rewarded. God rewards obedience. God rewards your faith. And he's touched by your faith. So tonight, today, I want you to leave here with encouragement in your heart, with hope in your heart. I felt like as I was praying for uh, these services and I was praying for you, I felt like God said, I want to restore hope to people. And so God is wanting to restore your hope. Maybe there's a lost dream or maybe there's something you're praying about and you just haven't seen the answer. And God is saying to you, don't lose hope. Don't give up because your answer's on the way. Amen. And I want, to, I want you to leave here with a confidence in that. Why don't you bow your heads just a moment? I, I want to just pray for you just a moment. If you're here today and you say, Lisa, I needed this message. I have been very discouraged even to the point of hopelessness, I want you to raise your hand real quick. No one looking, and I'm going to pray for you. Amen. 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 You can put your hand down. Bless them, Father. Father, you see these precious hands and these precious people. Father, I just feel your heart of compassion toward them right now. And I thank you, Father, that like a big old daddy, you're just taking them in your arms, and you're hugging them, and you're encouraging them, and and you're speaking love and peace over them. Father, you're saying, peace, be strong. Peace, be strong. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that all darkness, all heaviness, all discouragement, oppression, and depression has to lift from them in the mighty name of Jesus. And I speak peace over your life in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, that you will cause the storm to be calm. You will cause the circumstances to cease in the name of Jesus. And, Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are making a way where they cannot make a way. You are doing what they cannot do because nothing is impossible with you. I pray, Father, that you would give them such joy. Father, restore their joy. Cause them to laugh again, Father, to be able to let these things go and to just cast them upon you so that you can sustain them. Father, I pray that you would be close to them that they would feel your presence, that they would know that you are working on their behalf. In the name of Jesus, I declare victory over them. Victory spiritually, victory mentally, victory physically and in their health, Father. Victory emotionally, Father. I thank you for healing in their lives right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. If you receive that, say amen. With your head still bowed, let me ask you a question. If you're here today and you say, Lisa... I don't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I've never prayed the salvation prayer. I don't have peace with God. But if I, and if I died, I don't know where I would spend eternity. But I want to know. I want to have that peace, assurance. I want to have that personal relationship with God. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about a relationship with your heavenly Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. If you'd like to get in on this prayer, I'm going to have you raise your hand in a moment. Also, if you're here and you say, Lisa, I've been away from God and I just need to return to Him and I want to raise my hand and get get in on that prayer because I want to rededicate my life to the Lord. I want you to all raise your hands if you want to get in on those prayers. Raise your hand. Amen. Amen. I'm looking around several hands. Anybody else? Amen. I appreciate your honesty. Father, I thank you for your people. I thank you that you brought them here by design. 
This is not a coincidence, Father. I thank you that their life is about to turn and shift. Congregation, let's pray this prayer with them. Say, oh God, I come to you right now just as I am. And I thank you that you accept me and you love me and you approve of me. I repent of all my sins. I ask you to forgive me. I turn my back on my past and on my sin life. And I come to you, Jesus. I ask you to be my Lord and to be my Savior. Wash me clean of all of my sins. I want to serve you all the days of my life. I thank you, God, that you've heard me. And I am now your child. You are my heavenly Father. And Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. Now let me pray for you. Father, I pray for every person that accepted you today. I pray, Father, that you would, you would deliver them from any addictions, any hurts, anything of the past that might be holding them back. Father, I thank you for saving them spirit, soul, and body right now in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Pastor Sean, I'm going to ask you to come up. Give those people a hand clap to raise their hand. So amazing. You know, God has such a plan for your life. And today when you prayed that prayer, God washed away your sins. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. He remembers your sins no more forever. And I'm telling you, if you'll stick in the church and stick with Jesus, in one year you're going to look back at your life and you're going to be a different person. Amen. Thank you all so much for having me. God bless you.